Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, will be joining us. Boo Mortensen will be with us. It's always entertaining and fun to visit with Boo, find out what's going on in her life. We'll visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, and Art DiLorenzo. He is the founder and CEO of Maximize Your Talent, very interesting organization. Look forward to talk to Art as well. It is April the 28th, and on this day in 1967, boxing champion Muhammad Ali refused to be inducted into the U.S. Army and was immediately stripped of his heavyweight title. He was a Muslim and cited his religious reasons for his decision to forego military service. He was born as Cassius Marcellus Clay Jr. in Louisville, Kentucky on January the 14th, 1942, the future three-time world champ. Changed his name to Muhammad Ali in 1964 after converting to Islam. He scored a gold medal in the 1960 Olympic Games in Rome and made his professional boxing debut after Tuni Hussaker on uh, October the 29th, uh, 1960, winning the bout in six rounds. On February the 25th, 1964, he defeated the heavily favored bruiser Sonny Liston in six rounds to become uh, the heavyweight champ. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. I am the greatest, said Muhammad Ali. Who could forget uh, what was just so entertaining and fun to watch uh, this great athlete perform? On April the 28th, 1967, with the United States at war in Vietnam, Ali refused to be inducted to the armed forces, saying, I ain't got no quarrel with those Viet Cong. <laughs> On June the 20th, 1967, he was convicted of draft evasion, sentenced to five years in prison, fined $10,000, and banned from boxing for three years. He stayed out of prison as his case was appealed and returned to the ring on October the 26th, 1970, knocking out Jerry Quarry in Atlanta in the third round. On March the 8th, 1971, he fought Joe Frazier in the fight of the century and lost the first loss of his professional boxing career. On June 28th of the same year, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned the conviction for evading the draft. At uh, a January 24th, 1974 rematch in New York City's Madison Square Garden, Alley defeated Frazier by decision in 12 rounds. On October the 30th of the same year, the underdog Ali bested George Foreman and reclaimed his heavyweight championship belt at the hugely hyped Rumble in the Jungle in Zaire with a knockout in the eighth round. On October the 1st, 1975, Ali met uh, Joe Frazier the third time in the Thriller in Manila in the Philippines and defeated him in 14 rounds. On February the 15th, 1978, he lost the title to Leon Sphinx in the 15-round split decision. However, seven months later, on September the 15th, he won it back. And in June 1979, Ali announced he was retiring from boxing. He returned, however, to the ring on October the 2nd and fought heavyweight champ Larry Holmes, who knocked him out in the 11th round. After losing to Trevor Burbick on December the 11th, 1981, he left the ring for the final time with a 56-5 record. He's the only fighter to be the heavyweight champ Three times in 1984, it was revealed Ali had Parkinson's disease, and who can forget him carrying the Olympic torch? I forget which Olympics it was, but it's uh, sad to see a guy who had degenerated after such a great career. I'm sure that uh, his boxing career has something to do with his disease. Anyhow, he was the greatest. Ron DeSantis has now opened up surgery and some hospital activity. The stay-at-home order ends on Friday, but he's not indicating whether it'll extend it or not. He said that uh, increasing the availability of testing remains a priority as he looks at developing a reopening strategy. The number of positive cases has fallen in the 5 to 6% point range, down from 10% in late March and early April. He called that a good sign. Right now in Kaya, we have 552 cases, according to Monday's report. 15 deaths, that's about the same, as is the number of cases. I think that's up about 14 cases. There's 80 folks that have been hospitalized, but a lot of them have already been released. 
The governor said that uh, 357,000 tests for coronavirus have been conducted statewide, and he wants to see more. I think that's the big thing he'd like to see. He's a smart guy, and I respect him, but believe me, the natives are getting restless around here. Uh, Here's more fear-ridden news from the mainstream media. Scientists in China appeared to dampen hopes that the coronavirus would eventually burn out for good and said that the virus, which has been blamed for 200,000 deaths and decimating the world economy, will likely return each year. That's from the Chinese. Boy, you can trust that, I'm sure. Bloomberg reported Monday that these scientists said the virus will likely return in waves due in part to the prevalence of asymptomatic carriers. In past outbreaks, those who get sick are easily identified and quarantined, but that's not the case with SARS or COVID-2. Dr. Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, who I think might be investigated right now for the $3.7 million he sent over to China for uh, investigating this coronavirus, or not investigating, but maybe developing it, Another story. He told a press briefing that uh, earlier this month that there would may would never we may never return to normal uh, bef- as we knew it before the outbreak. That's what he said. I'm not kidding. Anyhow, uh, so you may recall yesterday we talked about Dr. Erickson and Dr. Artin Masahi, uh, co-owners of the Accelerated Urgent Care in Bakersfield, uh, California. Uh, the video that I we observed apparently has been taken down from YouTube. I hope somebody's preserved it. But anyhow, she uh, said they said <clears throat> the stay-at-home order right now just isn't necessary. I'll just remind you that he said about there's a .03 chance of dying from COVID-19 in the state of California. He said that in the video. Does that necessitate sheltering in place? Does that necessitate shutting down the medical systems? Does that necessitate people being out of work? Uh, White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator Deborah Burke said Sunday that the current uh, social distancing law will remain throughout the summer. The coronavirus was never as dangerous as those so-called experts predicted. Millions of Americans had the virus and didn't even know they had it. They're asymptomatic. Uh, sadly, the head of the emergency department at Manhattan Hospital, by the way, so this is another side of the story, committed suicide after spending days on the front lines of the coronavirus battle for her family, uh, she said Monday. That's from her family, anyhow. So sad state of affairs. But again, this, there, again, more information, widespread testing across four U.S. state prison systems revealed a slew of coronavirus cases but found that the vast majority of inmates who tested positive from the virus, 96% remained asymptomatic. Concerns over virus outbreaks in prisons has remained a point of concern and debate among officials. And uh, what I think this illustrates, you have this closed system where the people are close together, and uh, 96% of the folks uh, who have the virus are asymptomatic. So apparently there's this concept of the herd uh, immunity, and the herd humidity develops a resistance to the virus. What we've done is we've had people stay at home. They're not able to develop uh, resistance to the outbreak. So perhaps we're just delaying the inevitable fact that people need to get out and get to work. By the way, these prisons, there's 3,277 inmates who tested positive for coronavirus that were asymptomatic. So it's not a small group of folks. However, what's the left's response to all this? Well, let's let them out of jail. You may be aware that uh, there's some folks, 50 inmates from, that were in custody in New York, uh, they were released. Uh, eight were sex offenders, three of which convicted for raping a child. Even in New York state uh, courts have deemed the sex offenders likely to re-victimize children that, that were released. You may be aware that there was one person who was released at uh, a murder. He was a convicted murderer, went out, and within 24 hours killed somebody else. Uh, uh, first of My first observation, it's probably not a good idea to let these folks out of jail. They had to serve their time, and it uh, looks like they're pretty safe in jail because they become asymptomatic, even if they're exposed to the disease, most folks. I think Greg, uh, Governor Greg Abbott in Texas has the right idea. He announced he would be lifting Texas' stay-at-home order and allow some businesses to reopen with limited capacity this week. My executive order to stay at home that was issued last month is set to expire on April the 30th. That executive order has done its job to slow the growth of COVID-19, and I will let it expire as scheduled, he said. 
Now it's time to set a new course, a course that was responsibly opening up business in, the, in Texas. And he continued, we will do that in a way that uses safe standards, safe standards for businesses, for their employees, as well as for their customers, standards based on data and on doctors. He said he would let businesses begin opening on Friday. That's the first. Retail stores, restaurants, movie theaters, and shopping malls will be allowed to open at 25% of capacity to provide social distancing. Libraries and museums will also be approved to open at 25% capacity, but hands-on exhibits must remain closed, he said. The governor noted this will be the state's first phase of reopening and capacity limitations would be gradually lifted as Texas reacts to the coronavirus. That doesn't that sound reasonable? Sounds very reasonable to me. He added the deal is that the fact is it's hard to get rid of the virus because it's so contagious. So we're not going to open up and, and hope for the best. Instead, we'll put measures in place that will help businesses open while also containing the virus and keeping Texas safe. That makes all the sense in the world. Now, uh, whether the businesses can survive at 25% capacity, I have no idea. Texas has more than 25,000 confirmed cases of COVID-19 and 661 related deaths. I think Florida's running a little higher than that. But irrespective, uh, I think he's got the right idea. Now, here's how flawed-thinking central planning progressives think. Democrat Governor Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan criticized her constituents on Monday. She claimed her constituents aren't paying attention to coronavirus, and they really don't understand. She said, I think it's uh, through consistently explaining, I think I'm paying close attention and you're paying close attention, and certainly there are a lot of people who are invested who are at home and watching the news, but some are not, and I don't want to make any assumptions that people really understand the threat of second spike and what, they may, what that may mean. That from central planner Governor Whitmer, who is pandering and watching over her flock. Please, that's ridiculous. Uh, wish I could talk more about this. We're going to move on to our next guest, though. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards with six full productions this season. But did you know that Gulf Shore Playhouse brings unique theater education programs and opportunities for children, teens, and adults alike? Education is a vital component of Gulf Shore Playhouse's mission, providing programs aimed at enriching the lives of our children, teens, and students of all ages. Each offering provides real-life skills and learning experiences that are invigorating, nurturing, and readily accessible to every member of our community, thanks to the scholarships and reduced-price programming for our region's most deserving students. From in-school residencies and pre-professional theater training to community partnerships, audience engagement, and student matinees. The goal is to inspire creativity, encourage self-expression, and support the blossoming of self-confidence, collaboration, and a deep appreciation for the arts. 
With each passing year, Golf Show Playhouse continues to touch the lives of tens of thousands of students throughout Southwest Florida. Isn't it time that a young person in your life finds out more? For more information about student camps and the Teen Conservatory, visit the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. Well, after the coronavirus pandemic is over, new season starts uh, in September and October, but uh, there's a lot of education going on, and I encourage you to find out more by visiting the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Art DiLorenzo. He is a... President and CEO of Maximize Your Talent. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. Uh, I just appreciate uh, your thoughts on the opening of Florida. The governor's pretty much said, uh, you know, I'm going to wait and see and see what's going on. We need to do some more testing. I need more information. What are your thoughts? Well, the uh, the governor is, I think we talked about this last week, he uh, Convened a uh, reopening task force, yep. uh, comprised, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> of an executive committee, which um, I think had 22 members from the business community, mainly uh, large employers. Uh, there was uh, one um, uh, uh, healthcare uh, professional, and then he also created subcommittees, working groups, and they they were comprised of all all over across the industries. And um, the Department of Health was involved, as well as our Surgeon General and um, the Secretary of ACA. So they met throughout the whole week via conference calls and talked about, you know, the reopening process, when it's going to occur, how it's going to occur, and, and what are the parameters. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were the discussions. Over the weekend, they started assembling the comments and um by the way, if anybody wants to read a, a synopsis of uh, the the various meetings, it's on my website. Oh, really? KathleenPasadoma.com. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you could also go to uh, the governor's website, and they're, they're not a synopsis, so I, I tried to steal it because I listened to all of them and tried to get as much information. Anyway, uh, this week the governor has taken all those comments and also, by the way, is asking for public comments. So... If you go on the uh, governor's website, you'll be able to input uh, your thoughts, your comments, your suggestions, and they are receiving a lot of public input. Uh, the, the process is then, by the end of the week, the governor to take all that he's received and then talk about, you know, uh, uh, how the state's going to reopen for business. Uh-huh. I will say that there the two issues that were front and center were Number one, no matter what is done, it has to be done safely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there has to be a testing component, and there has to be uh, a cognition that we have to uh, continue to protect our most vulnerable citizens. Uh-huh. That's the that was the overarching underlying theme of the discussion. Well, that's that's very helpful, Kathleen. I, and so uh, you're saying you have synopsis at kathleenpasadomo.com. I'm going to ch- check that out. And the governor's uh, website is open for comment, so I think those that have feel strongly about this would probably take the opportunity. You don't happen to have the uh, – we can check it on Google, but do you know the website? I think it's uh, uh, it's a simple one. I think www.flgov or something like that. <coughs> I also have a link to it on my latest um, email. But I, but I would say if people have suggestions, we like create – you know, we had a dentist, for example, who was very uh, creative, who called in and said, when I reopen, this is what I'd like to do. Uh-huh. Uh, keep all my patients in their vehicles uh, on standby, and we will call them one at a time to come into the office. They'll come in, have their work done. As soon as they leave, we'll clean everything. When they leave, we'll call in the other patient. And those are the kind of things that would be good to to get to the governor what people's thoughts are, not just, well, open. It's more really, we all know how important it is. We all know that the economy is suffering, suffering greatly. Uh, what are the people's thoughts and, and what are their ideas? 
yeah. uh, what he's looking for. Well, you know, I, I will say this, though, that uh, the dentist has that idea anyhow. And the reason he has that idea is he wants to keep himself safe, his staff safe, right. and he wants to keep his right. patients safe. So it seems to me whether or not he communicates this to the governor or not, any business person wants to have those issues in mind when he o- reopens. And quite frankly, there ought to be some trust in the public that they can make good decisions about how to go about doing this. I'm not suggesting we shouldn't have guidelines and safe distancing and all that type of thing. But those, once expressed, let people make decisions and let them do what they do. Well, I agree with that. I really do. Um in particularly in Southwest Florida, mm-hmm. because people in Southwest Florida have taken personal responsibility during this crisis, which is why our incidence of the viruses are low and our death rate is very low. I mean, when I look at Manatee County, uh, much higher, and, and I think because the people in Southwest Florida took it seriously. Mm-hmm. My only concern, and the biggest concern I'm hearing from uh, people is, if we do this and we take personal responsibility, we can't guarantee that's going to happen in Miami-Dade and Broward. So one of the things that the governor had talked about is uh, a slow reopening for those communities that have, I mean, 60% of the cases in, in Florida are from Miami-Dade, Broward. Right. If we reopen our beaches, our boat ramps and whatever, how do we make sure that those people who are over on the East Coast who can't, uh, reopen because of the incidence of the virus. Uh, don't bring it over here. Right. Um, those are discussions that are ongoing and have to be taken into consideration. I agree with that. Uh, on the other side of that, though, you've probably heard the statistics about the uh, prisoners who are 96% that have coronavirus are asymptomatic, and here they are in a closed community where they can't right. necessarily distance and, and so forth. I guess my point about this is that, you know, we can develop this herd immunity. Maybe we just ought to trust the fact that, I mean, well, the other side of this, too, is we have a lot to lose if we don't get this economy going. I mean, once it gets past the breaking point, you know, we may never get it back or it's going to be like the Great Depression. Yeah, and I <clears throat> that is that's that's absolutely uh, the, the, a criteria that's at the top. One other thing that we haven't talked about is the liability of the healthcare industry and all businesses are now concerned about being sued. Mm. And it is going to be horrific Mm. because under our Florida Constitution, uh, the governor now, unlike other states, apparently other states have um, parameters in their their laws and their constitution that allows their governor to to grant this immunity. We do not in Florida. Oh, so So here's. If I, if I have a small business, like a restaurant, I have to decide if I open and a customer comes in and later, and later develops COVID and claims that they got it in my restaurant or one of my employees gets it, what, you know, what is going to be the um, litmus test of the liability hmm. and whether or not the court's or lenient or harsh or whatever, it's going to be a huge uh, dollar um, oh, that's a- to all businesses. And the only people are going to make many of the trial orders. Yeah, so uh, this brings us right back full circle to tort reform. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I've been, I've been, <clears throat> I've been you know, seeing that from the rooftops, and I, it, that's a huge concern. I can hear it from businesses all over. How do I open? So we have to set guidelines, and and the reality is uh, if people are going to have to follow them, and if they don't, they're going to get sued. You know what? I just so really appreciate the whole new world. Yeah, I appreciate this clarification. I didn't realize and wasn't thinking about some of those issues. Doesn't change my opinion, though, that we should, no, should open. <laughs> but but irrespective, it's good to know some of the constraining factors that the governor is dealing with. Kathleen Pasadomo, again, our state senator. I genuinely appreciate you taking time to come on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen, uh, always a lighter side of the show and very entertaining. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, Blue Provence offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. During the governor's stay-at-home notice, Blue Provence is offering pickup curbside takeout options five nights a week, Tuesday through Saturday. To place an order, just call 261-8239 Tuesday through Saturday from 4 to 7 p.m. A 20% discount will be applied on all food orders during these unprecedented times. Compliment your order with amazing wines from the Blue Provence Retail Wine Store, offering amazing choice and value. Blue Provence Wine Store is open Monday to Saturday, 9 to 12 p.m. and has one of the most eclectic and fun wine cellars offering 10% off cases. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work and so many other great initiatives. I hope you'll find it. Go to the website and visit thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Boo Mortensen. It's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo, how are you holding up on this coronavirus thing? Well, you know, I think we've all been really good soldiers. We've all done as much as we can. We've stayed in. You wear masks. You practice social distancing. But I'm done. (laughs) I started the show by saying I think the natives are getting restless. And, of course, uh, that's a politically incorrect thing to say, but I'm so grateful these days that you can go back to comments like that because I think everybody knows what I mean when I say that. But I think people are ready to, you know, uh, enough is enough. Yeah. So do you think the governor, you think we should uh, open up the economy? Yes, I do. Um, I think if you don't feel comfortable, don't go. Right. Stay at home. Stay at home till you do feel comfortable. Or if you go somewhere to a restaurant, uh, I don't know, wear a mask uh, when you walk in. I think that they're, we need to get the economy going. Right. I, it's, it's, everybody's starting to languish. Yeah. And, of course, the economy is languishing, and <clears throat> we need to, to get back. And I think there are people that, uh, you know, there was a big demonstration in Madison last Friday, and it was like, we want to go back to work. And a lot of people are saying, I'm going to open anyway. So arrest me. Yeah. So, hey, you, you brought up a good point. I didn't even think about this. But, I mean, a customer could go into a restaurant and say, you know what, I want to uh, make sure I, my wife and I are safe or my guests and I are safe. Can you put us someplace that has a lot of space? I mean, you know, you can actually go to a business and uh, make special requests. They'd always try to accommodate you. Well, and they're going to separate everybody, at least initially, for probably the next six months. You know, they're not going to have a full restaurant with tables close to each other. But, you know, open it up. If you don't want to go, don't. But there are a lot of people that say, you know what, I'll take the risk. I'm going out to dinner, or I'm getting my nails done, or, you know, there's things that we couldn't do. Let's bring it on. Uh, It's so funny uh, that uh, this Governor J.B. Pritzker uh, he's apparently in Illinois. In Illinois, <laughs> a judge ruled that his his uh, his orders were exceeded. Uh, his emergency authority uh, violated civil rights, and so 
<laughs> he's very upset about it. But to me, this is exactly what should be happening because some of these requirements are so onerous and stupid. It just doesn't make any sense. Oh, I agree. And our governor is closed the state until May 26th. And there's so many parts of Wisconsin that were were not even affected or affected very on a very small uh, level and to penalize the entire state. Uh, open it up. Yeah, I agree with that. So, uh, just changing topics slightly, uh, you know, we we don't hear a lot about Joe Biden lately, but he's still got to choose a vice presidential candidate. He's got this issue, this uh, molestation or sexual harassment uh, issue to deal with. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm I'm not surprised, but I'm I'm not, but I am. How the press has refused to go there, Mm -hmm. has refused to make it an issue, has refused to bring it up in any way, shape, or form. I think it will come back. Now, you know, he's promised he's going to bring, he's going to pick a woman. So now all of these women, like Elizabeth Warren and Amy Kobacher, are all now politicking for that spot. Now, let me throw one other name out Mm -hmm. from Wisconsin, and he needs to win Wisconsin is uh, Amy, <clears throat> excuse me, um, oh gosh, what's her name? Tammy Baldwin. Tammy Baldwin. She's been in the legislature for years. She's very liberal, Democrat, and a lesbian. And I think she was one of the first legislator legislatures uh, to come out gay. And uh, she's pretty savvy from Wisconsin. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't hear any talk about her, but... There may be. Yeah, you know what? The, I, what I'm hearing is uh, uh, Stacey Abrams, you know, the, the failed governor can, candidate uh, in Georgia, has mm-hmm. said well, he should choose anybody he wants to, but he should choose me, actually. I'm the right choice. He's basically said, we need to have, we, I'm sick and tired of having white people run the government. We should have more black uh, people in government. And uh, so that's her point of view. I mean, it's all based on skin color. Yeah. Choose because yeah. of skin color, not because of competency, which is, is kind of, I find, very revolting. Yeah, I do, too. It's, it's, uh, it's insulting. It is indeed. So, and, then, and, of course, the press is just ignoring uh, this, this case of this woman that in, in the 90s, he apparently, he, he violated her. Uh, I know, and you know, in the in the Me Too movement right now, I am shocked mm-hmm. that they are throwing this under the rug. Well, and and the Washington Post came out with a headline yesterday after ignoring it for several weeks, basically saying uh, the, the President Trump is trying to make this an issue. Can you believe that? <laughs> oh, after Stormy Daniels, come yeah. on. Well, none of after Stormy Daniels. How about the uh, the uh, Brett Kavanaugh uh, case? And uh, you know, oh ev- yeah, everybody oh, b- my. believes it should be believed. You just take a look at the evidence. I mean, the woman didn't know when it happened. I'm talking about I forgot her name now, but uh, yeah. Didn't know when it happened. Uh, didn't didn't have anybody who could verify it, and, and you could go on and on and on. And yet, uh, here's a woman that says she was violated. She uh, actually was interviewed by CNN and mm-hmm. uh, uh, told the, uh, her mother actually was interviewed and didn't use names necessarily. But then she has friends that verified that they had conversations afterwards with her about the incident, and yet. The president, the uh, press, just will not cover it. The mainstream media is so corrupt. Oh, they are. It's it never ceases to astound me. Hey, it's just t- amazing. Let me ask you. Yeah. What do you think's happening in North Korea? Where do you think Kim Jong Un is? Do you think he's on his private train riding around so he doesn't get the coronavirus, or do you think he's dead? You know, I just don't know. The president seems to know. He said in his press conference yesterday that, that he, knows. he says he knows. I I know, uh, but I can't say anything is basically what he said, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> so he yeah. knows. Uh, and apparently that's a kind of a national security issue. But uh, I, I couldn't speculate. What do you think? I think he's riding around in his train. Well, the train is at his, his one of his resorts, apparently, on, on the coast. So maybe he's trying to protect himself. Hadn't even thought about that. The word is that he had some sort of surgery that went amiss, that he was in a coma. We hear all kinds of things. The Chinese say, no, nope, no, nah, that's just not true. So who knows what's going on? No, 
No, but I that's what I think. I think he's driving around in his train in luxury, <laughs> yeah. riding out the coronavirus. Hey, so before I let you go, I heard you visited a website that you found interesting. Oh, listen to this. Okay, so I went on, it's called Flight Tracker 24, mm-hmm. and it shows all the planes in the air around the world. Do you know that on Sunday, there was a plane that left Wuhan, China, for JFK? What? Really? Yes. Uh-huh. How does that work? Now, that's that's a violation of the... Uh, I, I can't understand why. What, what's the name of the website again? Flight Tracker 24. Flight Tracker 24. That is so interesting, Boo. That's worth checking out. So, oh, yeah, you've got to go on it. I thought, you know, when they'd show the United States, that they'd show maybe 50 dots, you know, yeah. indicating planes, you know, but very, very few. Mm. Oh, my God, there's thousands of them. Yeah, unbelievable. Boo Mortensen, it's always a pleasure to find out what's on your mind. Thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Stay well. You as well. Thank you, Boo. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For the best in food and drink, as well as great live entertainment, go to the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar. Formerly known as Weekend Willie's, the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar has terrific new local owners offering a great new upscale decor and a fabulous new menu. Linda and I are weekly regulars to hear live blues, but you can stop by anytime for great food and drink, to watch your favorite sporting event, or to hear great live entertainment five nights a week. The Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar is located at 5310 Shirley Street, just off Pine Ridge Road, and it's open from 11 a.m. until close every day. Visit the website dogtoothnaples.com or call 431-7004. That's 431-7004. I hope we'll see you there. As Southwest Florida is impacted by the coronavirus crisis, the organizations that provide relief and support to our community's most vulnerable population are finding their resources stretched. For 32 years, St. Matthew's House has provided food, shelter, and comfort to those struggling with poverty, food insecurity, and homelessness. St. Matthew's House is the only emergency homeless shelter in Cuyahoga County, sheltering more than 300 men, women, and children every night and providing more than 500,000 meals each year to those in need. For those who have shelter but are food insecure, direct assistance is offered through the St. Matthew's House Food Pantry and Grocery Distribution. Donations of food, hygiene supplies, detergent, diapers, and monetary support are needed curbside drop-off is available at St. Matthew's House Main Thrift Store at 2601 Airport Road, South Naples. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization that does not solicit government funding. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org or call 239-774-0500. That's 774-0500. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can find out more by visiting the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Art DiLorenzo. He's the founder and CEO of a terrific organization, uh, Maximize Your Talent. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, how are you? I'm well. I hope you're doing well as well. I am, thank you. I'm, I'm in the same zip code as you. Oh, not the same zip code. Goodland has its own zip code. But I'm in southwest Florida, and what's wrong with that? Well, that's good. You're, you're now a property owner down here and uh, had renovations uh, because of uh, what? <laughs> I had to build new. Yeah, that, <laughs> I renovated everything. Yeah, and that's because of that's because of the big hurricane, right? Uh, hurricane, or it wasn't the hurricane; it was the floodwaters that accompanied. Yes. Oh my goodness! Well, in any event, and of course, let's remind everybody: there's only government flood insurance, and my house and contents were totally destroyed. And the very generous, beneficent uh, federal government gave me sixty-three thousand three hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah. that's why it took so long to rebuild. 
I didn't have any money. Oh my goodness. Well, anyhow, you're down here and uh, it's I think you're going to find the situation a lot less onerous than in Virginia. I think aren't you living or, Oh god, you know, I was living I, I, I was I live in Maryland, but yeah, Northam is insane. Northam is just a power-hungry KKK uniform wearing idiot yes yeah. yeah well Barr came out and basically said he wants his uh the attorneys to start taking a look at what's going on in the overbearing infringement of the constitution on statutory protections well, and, and not just that i mean yes that's obviously very important if they had done that from the beginning there wouldn't have been a shutdown but more importantly than that stop looking at computer models and look at the data we're actually gathering yeah, it's which a, show that this is just another version of the flu, and the shutdown was entirely stupid from the beginning, and is now insane currently, if you're still doing it. Well, I'll say this. I think the, uh, the shutdown made sense from the president's point of view, because we didn't know what we were dealing with, but it does, you know, after five weeks, four weeks, whatever. Well, I'm sorry, I disagree with that. If it, the, the default position is everything stays the same until you have data that proves otherwise. Uh-huh. Not computer models actual data uh, good point good point well you and know what you're virus and what do we know about viruses you have to develop herd immunity you have to get to 60 percent of the population having already been exposed to it at which point the virus bops around between people that can't host it and it dies yeah what did we do yeah we hid under our beds which is the exact opposite of developing herd immunity, and all we did was delay the inevitable. Well, you know, you make a good point. There's two doctors that the, in charge of the uh, healthcare or emergency center uh, that were uh, the video now has been taken down by YouTube, by the way, which is a real shame. But irrespective, oh yeah, the, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, the, the doctors basically said this is crazy. Since we, uh, we usually uh, quarantine people that are sick, now we're quarantining the healthy. That makes people no who sense. Are sick, Locking up people who are sick is quarantining. Locking up everybody is <laughs> tyranny. <laughs> it's tyranny indeed. I love your point of view, Seton. So, and, and 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 by the way, speaking just on a side note, not only did Google, you know Google owns YouTube. Yeah. Google pulled that video. They also pulled. They had they, they have all the archived episodes of Larry King going back. They they actually pulled the episode where Biden's accuser's mom called into. Larry King. Isn't that interesting? They, they pulled it off the air. I, I, I had, and they changed the date or the numbers on the episodes, so every episode is one number off after that date. It's just, that's criminal. I, 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 <laughs> I just finished a book. It's called the, uh, the Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away by Dr. Rashid Buttar, B-U-T-T-A-R. I hadn't planned on bringing this up during this interview, but uh, the guy is just, he's an alternative kind of a medicine guy. His son, at the age of five, who had recovered from uh, autism, was the youngest person to ever testify in front of Congress. Anyhow, he, he helped his son get over uh, autism. And the point is, you know, he has a, a different approach to medicine, which is great, getting rid of toxicity and so forth. His videos have been taken down by, by YouTube. I mean, this is, uh, it's just amazing how we're just controlling our thoughts and the information that we get by the mainstream media and by big companies like Google. Well, and, 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 of course, they're working together. I saw a very scary line that I haven't even written about yet. Zuckerberg was talking about, well, we pulled down coronavirus information predicated upon the governor of each state and what they say. That's scary. So, well, if that, the, the defenders of big tech always say, it's a private company, it has nothing to do with the First Amendment. Um, if you're taking direct orders from government, it does. Absolutely. Well, and, uh, you know, it also, they get special compensation or dispensation because of uh, the, their platform. They said they don't, they don't, uh, they, everything that goes up there, they're not responsible for what's being said. Well, <laughs> I think they should be, lose the status that they have if they're going to continue this kind of behavior. Well, yes, of course. I mean, it's absurd that this continues to go on, and we have too many people on our side 
pretending it's oh it's just a private sector issue and it, it doesn't matter you know it, it doesn't it shouldn't be a, a government issue wrong yeah. it's very very wrong so Seton uh, listen uh, we don't going to have time to talk about this very informative uh, column that you wrote it's in on Red State it's called the Feds use sixty year old computer code and leftists want them to run the internet I don't know if you could just tease us for a couple of minutes we, on the uh, content it's it's really amazing an article came out last week. It's been exposed because of, you know, all the additional applications to the IRS for the PPP and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Basically, the entire computer infrastructure of the federal government is running on a language called COBOL, Mm. which existed in the 1970s. And, you know, of course, that was, remember we used to have, you know, what we call computer programmers, and all they did was babysit the system. Right. Because when it, when it ran on things like COBOL and, and Fortran and all these other ancient languages, it constantly needed updating because it was just so unsophisticated compared to computers now. You know, now it, it, the, the computers are so intuitive, we're, we're to the point of artificial intelligence. Well, these computers are now collapsing in a heap with the additional strain that the uh, shutdown has put on it, and we didn't even know. We give the federal government three over $3 trillion a year. That's not enough. They spend $4 trillion a year, and in six decades, they haven't upgraded the computers. Well, I'll tell you something. I, uh, Larry uh, uh, Bell, who's Professor Larry Bell, is going to be on my show tomorrow. He wrote a book called Cyber Warfare, Targeting America, Our Infrastructure, and Our Future. He says that the def- Department of Defense has less secure software than most companies in the United States. They were oh, just, yeah, of course. Which yeah, is uh, yeah it's, 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 it's unbelievable what the government... I mean, again, because I think the Defense Department is part of that network that's running on COBOL. Well, that's unbelievable. Seat, Motley, I'm going to encourage our listeners to read your column. Is it on your website? Uh, It will be shortly, yes. All right. So shortly... (laughs) <laughs> visit. Well, then go to redstate.com and find it. It's on the front page of Red State right now. Redstate.com, okay. And again, Seton's uh, website is lessgovernment.org, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary and love having you down here on the Paradise Coast. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. In my pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Art DiLorenzo. Art and I met in the 70s. He's a great guy. He, he and I participated, worked together in the same company for years. He is now the founder and uh, CEO of Maximize Your Talent. We're going to visit with Art. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs, at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulubee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did.
Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. Creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. And, of course, that's all going to start up again after the pandemic and after the close down. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us, as I mentioned before the break, Art DiLorenzo. He is the founder and CEO of Maximize Your Talent. Art, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure to be here, Bob. Thank you, Art. Tell us about Maximize Your Talent. Well, we're... uh we're an emotional intelligence and mindfulness training company. So we build, we build emotional intelligence and mindfulness skills for um, our people's leader, the leaders of, uh, of our people. And so they're usually executives, they're um, frontline um, leaders, planners, doers. And uh, we teach them things about self-perception and self-expression interpersonal skills, decision-making skills, and stress management uh, skills, which are really important in the world we're living in today. Oh, there's no question. If you've ever worked for somebody who doesn't possess those skills, it can be just absolutely horrifying. And uh, I think the work that you do is so important. In fact, I participated, uh, Dr. Fred Luskin led a session uh, that was so helpful and so timely. And you invited me to participate, which I really appreciated. I just want our listeners to know your website is MaximizeYourTalent.com. Very robust and interesting. And encourage you to write that down and visit the website. So, uh, Art, we talked a little bit about quieting your bias. Maybe you can tell us about it. Sure. Well, um, just a step back, you know, when, when, when we did some research um, back in the early 2000s, we, we found that, um, that people who had hard skills alone could be successful, and people who had a lot of density of soft skills uh, alone um, could be successful. But those uh, who could blend those two things were um, so so much more successful and so more so much more at peace at, at the uh, in the environments that they led and worked in, hmm. and uh, and so our research proved that uh, that this stuff really uh, makes a difference. So um, the, the concept of quieting the bias um, came about because of work that uh, Dr. Luskin has done, uh, for example. We, the brains that we have in our heads today um, are about 10,000 years old, and they pretty much operate the same during this period of time. And the basis of it is a, a negativity bias. And, mm-hmm. and so we, we have some things that are built into us when we're born, and the negativity bias is one of them. Hmm. And the foundation in that came from having to look over our shoulders uh, 10,000 years ago to see if a saber-toothed tiger was interested in having us for lunch. Right. <laughs> and, and, um, and then also, you know, where were we going to find food every day? And, you know, what, where could we get warm and where could we get cool and, and um, where could we get water? So it, the evolution through the centuries from that, by the way, uh, a great read for your leaders, uh, I'm sorry, your listeners, is a book by the name of Sapiens <clears throat> by uh, Yuval Noah Harari. And it's a great, it's a great record of, uh, of all that I'm talking about. So here's this negativity bias that we have to today. It's, it's, it's the same thing. We, 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 we hear a, a, a thunder behind us, it takes us, and you know, we look behind us, and so... So it'll always be there with us. So if I could just paraphrase then, Art, what I'm, sure. what I'm hearing is that uh, we have instincts right now that served us so well 10,000 years ago. And in fact, sometimes, at, in some occasions, rare occasions, it serves us well today. But in some cases, if, during most of our lives, it doesn't serve us well. In fact, it creates a negativity, an expectation of negativity that uh, perhaps interferes with our performance. It, you're spot on. And... Uh, you know, when it's okay to grab a spear and, and slay a saber-toothed tiger, yeah. but when the, when the coffee machine doesn't work and we get the same response from our, our brain, 
and it dumps uh, you know chemicals on our on our heart it, it it does tremendous damage because the brain can't figure out the difference mm-hmm. uh, between the saber tooth tiger and the coffee machine not working and it's so, um, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I, I can relate to that, I, you know, and sometimes I just, uh, in terms of just considering my own reaction to things, sometimes I have to take a step back and say, Bob, it's not that important. <laughs> you have, you know, you're, you're overreacting here. Uh, that, that would be correct. And uh, we have a, another challenge there, and that's habits. Uh, you know, our, our brains are an organ. The mind influences what the brain thinks about mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me but the brain itself is an organ and it does a lot of things and one of the things it does is it remembers how we get to work it remembers what kind of coffee we like and it remembers you know a lot of stuff mm-hmm. how to brush our teeth and we don't have to think about any of those things and so those habits are there and, and but they also create a bias because the brain doesn't want to learn new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about eighty five percent of what we do every day comes from habits. Mm-hmm. And so when we want to learn something new, um, we really have to hike up our uh, our our boots and uh, and tie them tight because we have to convince the brain that we really want this new habit. Mm-hmm. And that's why our training takes four and five months with each each person to give them the skills to, to build a repetition to influence the brain to accept these new habits for them. Yeah, this, that makes all the sense in the world. I mean, I, I remember this from back when I first started my career uh, with the company that we both worked with, actually, is, uh, the, you know, first we make our habits and then our habits make us or break us. And uh, your point is very well taken. I mean, we sometimes want to make big changes, but they're so difficult because we're creatures of habit. Yeah, you're spot on again. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you just a little background about how this quieting the bias uh, has come about. Uh, when, when I was a, a young boy, maybe 10 years old, um, my brother, who's almost 12, um, it was a big influence in my life. He was my big brother, and 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 I was a skinny little guy, and and he was even at at twelve, he was already starting to fill out, and and um, and so he was my idol. And so when it came to baseball, he liked the Yankees. He just he just glued to the Yankees, and uh, because he had the Yankees, I started rooting for the Giants just to have my own team. Mm-hmm. And um, what I realized over time was that the Yankees had a much more prosperous and productive uh, franchise than the Giants did. And, and so I love my brother. I, I, I love him to this day, and he's always been such an instrumental part of my life. And so uh, instinctively, I realized that I had to kind of quiet my bias for the Giants, and I would entertain him with you know, talks about Mickey Mantle and Yogi Berra, and and, um, and and just by coincidence, I met some of these 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 players because they uh, they worked out in the, in the YMCA where we lived. Wow! And and so it became easy to to quiet my bias and and recognize the Yankees. And what I found out was, and what I realized was, my brother would in return then. Um, talk about the Giants, and so it was a it was a, it was an awakening at a very young age, and that has stayed with me all my life. And uh, yeah. because there were trade offs, uh, you know, he, he got to drive the family car first. So, you know, my affection for him and my willingness to quiet my Piece, um, gained me some features and benefits. And, See, so that's so, a, that's so important. That's such an important skill that right now many of us are so invested in our own point of view that we have difficulty having conversations with somebody whose ideas differ. And what I'm what I'm gaining from this is just another reminder that uh, sometimes you have to go where somebody else is. Let them people. The most important thing to anybody is to know that you've been "quote unquote" gotten by another person. You know, people really understand you. I think uh, so few people really experience that today. You, you, again, you're spot on. I hate, keep, I hate to keep saying the same thing, but you are correct. And uh, <laughs> and so, so you know, if we fast forward to to, to today, to your point, um, there. 
there is a uh, an easing. There has been an easing of the of um, of uh, the volume in the last couple of months, and uh, I'm, I bet you know exactly why that easing has occurred. Yeah, because um, we're we're separated here, uh, and you know uh, this. I'm finding this conversation so fascinating. Or DiLorenzo, again, uh, the president and CEO of uh, Maximize Your Talent. I hope you'll come back on the show. Unfortunately, we're out of time right now, but genuinely appreciate your coming on the show. I want to remind our listeners: maximizeyourtalent.com. Maximizeyourtalent.com. All right, genuinely appreciate you coming on the show thanks so much for joining us my pleasure Bob. all right that's a wrap here in today's show i hope you enjoyed it i certainly did always appreciate your feedback you can send me an email at bob harden at hotmail.com i also provide a newsletter after each show about the content and you can get that newsletter just send me the email bob harden at hotmail.com i hope you join us tomorrow we have a great lineup of guests we're going to do that and more uh namaste <laughs> so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.